Star Trek, The Final Frontier. These are the voyages of John D. Ruddy, his ongoing mission to watch Star Trek for the very first time, to talk about each episode two at a time, and to meet new Star Trek enthusiasts along the way, to boldly go where many have gone before. And we're back! It's been a while, but we're here. Before we begin, shout out to Tulsa. There appears to have been a spike in my listeners in Tulsa, Oklahoma, so hey Tulsa! Only 24 hours from Tulsa. Actually, I'm a lot more than 24 hours from Tulsa. It depends what way you're traveling, but it's such a heartless song. If you ever listen to 24 hours from Tulsa, it's about a guy who is like telling his wife that he stopped in a cafe and met another woman and now this is his life now and you know he was only 24 hours from Tulsa he was so close but nope oh well Uh, anyway hello and welcome to where many have gone before the podcast where I John D. Ruddy watch Star Trek for the very first time and we are here for season two of the original series I'm very excited to get started on this If you wish to support this podcast, you can do so at patreon.com forward slash John D. Ruddy. Please rate us on Apple Music and or wherever you're listening, if it's on Spotify or wherever, it's always welcome. And of course, let me know what you think on Twitter, always using the hashtag where many have gone before. This week, we have the wonderful Linda Butler who is going to be talking with me on our first episode, which is very exciting. We'll be talking about Amok Time and Who Mourns for Adonais. And just as as a little side note, it's not so much obvious in this episode, but more so in later episodes. So this was recorded back in December um, when I was like, I'm going to get on top of this. And uh, so, I mean, I got ahead of the game. Um, I have I have several episodes recorded, um, but uh, John decided to move house, but not just move house, but renovate an old Irish cottage. So uh, it's been a lot of work. There, we've we've been living in a caravan at some point. We're currently living in what will be my full time studio. Um, which at the moment you can probably hear the fan of my computer because I don't yet have my sound booth uh, set up. So uh, we do we, we do what we can with what we can. But yeah, because I'm pretty sure at one point I referred to twenty the, the year being 2020 at some point. Um, but yeah, so without further ado, enjoy the episode, folks. Hello, folks. Here we are at the beginning of season two. Super excited. And I'm super excited to welcome, uh, for this very, very first episode of season two, Linda Butler. Hello, That's Linda me. Butler. Yes. Hi. So, Linda <laughs> Butler, well, well, I suppose I've, I've answered the question. I keep doing this. I keep, I keep going for the Silla Black reference. What's your name and where do you come from? But I've already said your name. But <laughs> number one, what's your name and where do you come from? Uh, my name is Linda Butler. Uh, you might know me as Hen in a Hat. Um, on several platforms. Uh, I come from Dublin and I live in the Midlands now in lovely Athlone. Oh, um, bang so splat right in the, the centre of Ireland, in the heart of right Ireland. Right in the middle. It's an hour and a half to everywhere. Yeah. 
Uh, no, it's a lot longer to that than up to Donegal, I have to say. Uh, oh, Donegal, no, that's that's a different matter. Yeah. Different There's matter. no quick way of going to Athlone from Donegal. It's quite frustrating. It's actually hard to get to from, yeah, it's hard to get to from Kerry as well. Yeah. It, it, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's almost as if all the major motor motorways lead to Dublin. I, why would that be? Yeah, anyway, anyway. <laughs> uh, the joys. So tell us a little bit about your Star Trek credentials. Not that we're gatekeepers here. I'm just curious. <laughs> uh, I did not know that you would be checking my my ID, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> scanning. Um, yeah, uh, 1990s. I my my sister. No, me and my brother were younger. Uh, my sister was is, is ten years older than us, so, so she was kind of in charge of what we all watched, you know. So she introduced us all to the next generation. Um and that became our thing. We just were mad about next generation. So we would watch it um I think it was on at five o'clock and ten o'clock on Sky. So if you were doing your homework at five o'clock you could kind of sneak in the ten o'clock one before you went to bed. Mm-hmm. Um so we would we watched Next Generation. We were obs- totally obsessed with that. That would be my Star Trek. Uh, and then just naturally from there, DS9, Voyager, Enterprise, Discovery, Picard. Yeah, and well, it's, it's, it's all a natural movie. progression from there. Yeah. So that's uh, that is my origin story. Yeah, I, that was very much a boat that I just missed. I I always I always remember mm. just like kind of seeing bits and pieces of Next Generation and liking it. I was I was, was probably a little bit too young for it and kind of went down the well kind of i full on went down the the star wars route as as many's mm. a listener uh will know it's like half half of my references always end up chatting about star wars and it's like dude this is a star trek podcast uh, so you took the high road yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's over on again i have the high ground um high ground yeah, i mean yeah. that, sorry but um <laughs> Yeah, well, well, we'll see. So, so far, I am thoroughly enjoying Star Trek. I'm, I mean, oh, that's I'm, good. I wouldn't say I'm surprised, like, because I'm, you know, th- there's a reason why so many people love this show. Um, but yeah. uh, I, I think one of the big things is, you know, because I'm trying to do it in as chronological an order as I can. Um, mm. so you know, so I'll be doing all the the original series and then into the animated series and then the first six films is it and then i'm starting into the next generation i'm really excited about next gen um partially because i kind of feel there's almost more of a following these days for next gen than there is for the original series to be honest i haven't even made enough effort to go back and watch Mm. the original series I watched the first two seasons years ago, never got around to the third season. And if you were to name an episode, I might know it, but I definitely don't have as much knowledge of the original series. Well, it's funny, though, because I that that's one thing I'm really enjoying about this is because I, I don't know any um, title. I don't know any episode title. like in, yeah. the, in the previous um, in season one, we got up to was it Arena. I didn't know what arena was, and then it turned out it was oh, where yes. he fights the, the, the Gorn. The Gorn, and I was like, "Ah, it's yeah. this episode. It's this one." <laughs> well, speaking of moments like that, the opening of season two. Here oh, we yeah. are. Here we straight are. In, straight a, in. A mock time episode yeah. one. A mock time written by Theodore Sturgeon and directed by Joseph Pevney, and this is. 
again, entering into this episode, I did not know that this was... This is one of the few kind of reference points I have with Star Trek and particularly original Star Trek. And, yeah. you know, I mean, anybody listening to this will be like, will know, ah, yes, this is, this is the episode. Mm. My main, my main point of reference for this episode, for anyone who's sitting there for whatever reason, listening to this before you watch this episode, I don't know why, but it's the one where Kirk fights Spock <laughs> that, you know, or where Spock fights Kirk or whatever way you want to look at it. My main point yeah. of reference. And I think a lot of ma- people's main point of reference for this is the cable guy. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. But uh yeah, we'll we'll get to that. We'll get to that. So the episode opens up and Bones is worried about Spock. He's been acting a bit strangely. Miss Chapel shows up with some food for Spock. She goes into his room and he like throws it out. He's like, I don't want any of this, throws it right yeah. out. It smashes again. It's very, very on Spock. We have not seen very Spock, on Spock like this. Yeah. And uh, Spock is super aggressive and he requests leave to his home planet, which at this point in the show we have not seen, which I was very excited Mm. about. And they're building the tension. And just as a little side note, I was very excited for season two. They have re-recorded the opening title sequence. It's, it's a slight variation on the on the TV theme, which was quite nice. I always, always like to see these. <laughs> and and uh, DeForest Kelly has made the title credits now, that's, which he was nice. not. That's it nice. was just Nimoy and uh, yeah. Shatner uh, in the opening uh, of season one. At this point, I'm trying to work out. You see, of course with 50 plus years of, well i mean well, i'm not 50 plus but like 50 plus years of like pop culture science yeah. fiction um i was initially kind of sitting there going is this some bizarre mating ritual again my point of reference for this was it, it was smelling a little bit like the episode of futurama where zoidberg starts you know <laughs> flexing his all, all of his bits and pieces that start flying out and i was like is this some bizarre mating <laughs> ritual? I was, I was, I was bang on as it turns yeah. out. It's all very tense, and so off to Vulcan we go, which is very exciting. There's loads of hemming and hamming back and forth. Are we going to go to Vulcan? Are we not? Yeah. Because there's supposed to be another um, uh, mission to Altair, which star, which they all mispronounce. It really bugged me. Um, Altair. Altair. It's like it's yeah. not Altair. It's Altair. Yeah. It's yeah. it's an Arabic name. The Arab. The, 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 it was the Arabs that named all the stars, and so it's you know Altair. Yeah. In in fairness, I know I know Altair as the name from uh, Assassin's Creed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that's the, that's how I know how to pronounce it. <laughs> yeah, but what is cool is that Altair is the major uh, star in the constellation Aquila which is cool or Akia depending on what way you want to pronounce that one there you go <laughs> debates in the comments um, and very exciting this is the first appearance of Chekhov is it? yes he is not in season one is this the first this so, is wow I this, forgot that this I forgot is that. the first yes go on so this is the first appearance of uh, the Chekhov toupee oh my <laughs> <As> god well. <laughs> it, that is spectacular it's like it was falling off in every shot. It was like it was a different angle and it ooh, the worst decision. Why? Why? Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah, he's it was it's it's funny because again, you know, it's 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 one of those kind of um uh staples of Star Trek, but 
it's not in. And there's quite a few staples of Star Trek that show up in this episode, which I was very excited mm. about. Oh, yeah. But yeah. it's something that I always love um, and I, I always enjoy like thinking back to the cultural context, the historical context of the time of these episodes. Like this was what, 1967? I think that this yeah, that this came out, been, yeah. and so like right in the middle of the Cold War, and I thought it was just such an excellent touch. So for this season two to introduce yeah. a Russian character yeah. that they're all working with, and uh, you know it's 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 so forward thinking to see um, and to just go, hey, look, there is a point where we will get beyond the Cold War, even if we mm. are slowly but surely <laughs> sinking yeah. into another Cold War <laughs> these days. But hey, hey, this is too. And, and Chekhov, Chekhov yeah. turned out to be a great character. I love Chekhov. He, he he's so funny. Yeah. And he, he, yeah, and he's played just brilliantly. He is a little bit... You know, Wessels and is you know. slightly, slightly uh, over <laughs> over the top, but uh, it works. It works. Yeah. Um, so Kirk talks to Chekhov. He's like, "Look, I'm thinking maybe we should divert to Vulcan." And Chekhov's mm. like, "Well, Spock already told us to divert." So Kirk is not impressed that Spock just went <laughs> like, behind his oh, back. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. exactly. That that this is the one thing that I'm discovering is like it's Kirk's. Achilles' heel is when anyone undermines his command of the Enterprise. Mm. I mean, rightly so, he is the captain, but he takes it so goddamn personally, it's hilarious. Yeah, but especially from Spock, because he trusts Spock so exactly. much, you know. Exactly. He, Spock has his back, usually. Yeah. And so Kirk goes and has a little chat with Spock, and Spock wants to be locked away. There's something. He. This is the most unSpock. Like even in the previous episode of what was the Menagerie, um, where we saw Spock, you know, kind of plotting to do something strange with uh, what's his name, Pike. Oh yes. Yeah. But but he was still acting like Spock. Like this. Yeah. This is something very different. Yeah, and you're gonna you're gonna think he's possessed by an alien yeah. or whatever, you know. And so it's something you know, no Vulcan can explain this. And uh, and again, something that I was noting a lot in the first season was they were calling them Vulcanians in mm. the first in the first yeah. season. You know, they were still they're still settling down on a couple of, yeah. uh, of of fine details, but now they're settling. They're called Vulcans. Okay, yeah, cool. yeah, that wasn't working. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's a bit more straightforward. Um. So Kirk sends him to the sick bay, and and there's some wonderful '60s uh, guitar in this in this new newly recorded soundtrack for this. But I'm really <laughs> liking it. It's very down down. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. Yeah, the music is class. So Spock shows up to sick bay, and he's like, "Cool, I'm here now, but uh, I want to leave again." It's like Spock, just make up your mind. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, I reported to sick bay like I was told. Now I'm going. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was funny. And so Spock is Spock is being highly illogical. Let's 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 just you know put it right there. He yeah. is being highly illogical. And so Bones comes to Kirk and he says he is actually going to die. It turns out that there's like too much adrenaline pumping around his body, and he will die in eight days if he does not mm. return to Vulcan. And we get this wonderful line delivery from the Shatner. Of just every every so often he just comes out with these absolute classics and it's just this why must he die <laughs> and it's it's just great eight 
days. <laughs> oh, it's it's so good. And and I think I'm not sure. I think he may be sporting some new uh little sleek sideburns. They were they two. were very high. I They're noticed how very, high those were. Yeah, yeah. right That up wasn't his... right that was like borderline not regulation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's the captain. Um but I I don't think he had those in season one, so little yeah. interesting uh, addition. Um so we go into Spock and he is looking at the photo of a little Vulcan girl on the computer. Which, again, in 1967 must have yeah. seemed so strange of, wow, he's looking at a photograph on this <laughs> screen. You know, we're like, oh, look, he's on Facebook. <laughs> you know? But it was so funny. He was like, Jim comes in and he immediately closes what he was, you know, it's like, close browser. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Delete history. Clear history. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Um, so... Uh, yeah, so so Spock is hesitant to tell Kirk what's going on. He's like, you know, Vulcans don't tell anyone about this, which is kind of fair. And then Kirk is just like, no, but I want to know. Like, he's just yeah. very insistent on this. Um, I was like, you know, classic imperialism. It's like, I don't care what your culture keeps secret. I need to know these things. Like, mm. Yeah, but it, it reminded me of like, if you need medical leave from work and your your boss does not drill you for information. He's like, yeah, I'll see what I can do. You know, it's like, what's wrong with you? I yeah. need to know what's wrong. Tell I, me the details. Yeah, I know, I know. So Kirk, so Kirk ultimately decides uh, to. He, he says, "Look, I can keep this confidential." And so Spock is like, "Fair enough." And so he's like, "Yeah, it's it's, it's about Vulcan biology." Yeah, and 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 they, and they do a lot of teasing out, but as it turns yeah. out, it's all about to do reproduction. And I was like, "Called it, called it." <laughs> you know, go me and my, you know, yeah. knowledge of science fiction tropes. Um, and I was like, this this is an interesting episode to open season two with, you know, where, yeah. you know, this um, Spock acting super strange. Um, I'm, I'm always intrigued and particularly, you know, because TV worked so differently in the 60s as well. It wasn't like, you know, you had um like these kind of story arcs going over mm. an entire season and stuff so it's often they'd be shot out of order and they would the the network would just pick hmm, yeah let's let's put that one out as first um so yeah. uh, it was it was an interesting choice that this is the first first episode of season two and so it's uh so it turns out that this whole ritual is about how vulcans choose their mates yeah, take take a wife or die is the line. Yes, which is it's very weird. It's not like go find a girlfriend. It's take a wife. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I liked a lot of this where, um, you know, Spock was kind of talking about this. He was like, you know, you humans wouldn't understand. And I mean, of course, I mean, of course, this is this is science fiction written by humans, so it very much reflects us. And I just love that. Uh, that thing of how they're so hyper logical and so on the back of that their sexual urges are like hyper sexual you know in that way yeah, and, yeah. and like cranked up to overdrive and I just I, I, I think you know it says a lot about our society and how quite often you know we try to forget that we are animals and that we have yeah animalistic urges and animalistic tendencies and animalistic behaviors that are driven yeah and i i was actually curious about the the term amok because running amok is you know we know we all kind of use that on a daily basis but yes. i looked it up and 
Wikipedia, the highly uh, reliable yes. <laughs> website, it's very interesting. Running amok is used to refer to the behavior of someone who, in the grip of strong emotion, obtains a weapon and begins attacking people indiscriminately, often with multiple fatalities. An episode of a mock may be triggered by a period of depression or highly aggressive behavior. So that's what Wikipedia says. And it does, I I kind of went into a bit more and it's, I think it's a Malaysian derived term, which kind of basically means frenzy. So I was always curious about where that came from. That's fantastic. I did not and know the, that. Yeah. And there's a whole Mortal Kombat part of that kind of does. Yeah. Oh, it's, a, it's a well-titled episode. Yeah. You know, all I all I think of is uh, Sarah Jessica Parker. Amok! Amok, 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 in Hocus Pocus. Uh, okay. <laughs> 1993 Disney reference. It's all good. Um, so, yeah. So they're, so, so they're driven, you know, like the, the like the salmon returning to their spawning, place of spawning. Mm-hmm. Um so Kirk essentially pledges to get him to Vulcan. He's like, look, you're a friend. I'm the captain here. I can pull some strings. I don't care that we have to go to Altair. Altair can wait. Yeah, because there is like a political kind of balance thing here of, you know, we need to go and show our support to Altair so that they don't side with the Klingons, essentially. And I like this. This is more um, world building with the Klingons because in season one the Klingons um, showed up in one episode and there was a lot of very quick world building in that one episode but I like this now that we're now talking about these things um, independently Mm. and uh, so that's always interesting this this is one thing I I just love is just the sheer and utter bromance of Kirk and Spock (laughs) and you know and how, how devoted Kirk is to Spock and he's like no He's my friend. And I, mm. I, I love that, you know. And I love, you know, in in a show like this that they're not they're not afraid to just show this deep connection between two guys and this absolute mm-hmm. you know, they're they are out there for each other. Like it's so good. Yeah. It's true. And he's and he's just like, right, let's go to Vulcan, warp eight or better. It's like let's, let's just go. <laughs> let's just go. Yeah. And it was funny, uh, just like from a writing perspective, it's interesting just that they're really driving home Chekhov the amount of times where they say Chekhov out loud. They're like, this is a new character, Chekhov. Hey, Chekhov, what do you think of this? Hey, Chekhov. Hey, do you you guys see Chekhov? Yeah, it's like when he's not on screen, everyone should be asking, where's Chekhov? Yeah, yeah, or his gun. Um, So... um, Miss Chapel is very upset about all of it. Oh, she, she, poor Christine. She goes in to... Um, it's funny. I didn't... I, I think a lot of people are more familiar with Christine Chapel than I am because I, I think because a lot of people notice her in hindsight or at least mm. um, because obviously now you really begin to see her, like people shipping her and Spock. Um, mm. Whereas in season one, that's kind of begun to be hinted at and a lot of it really went went under the radar for me but i'm yeah i'm obviously beginning to see it now um, this episode all she wants to do is make him soup i know pat, i know his head and... that was adorable i loved that like she she comes yeah. in uh into into his sleeping quarters and there's all these you know exotic statues and whatnot and he's <laughs> the best light ever your face is wet <laughs> <laughs> It's like as if he doesn't know. Yeah, it's like, dude, it's called you're, you're a highly well. Fair enough. He's not acting per, quite logical at the moment. So oh yeah, we, yeah, yeah, we, yeah. You know, he's but, being uh, sassy. Yeah, yeah, sassy exactly. Spock. Your face is wet. I know. 
And yeah. so he's like, will you make me soup? And she's like, I would be very <gasps> glad to. <laughs> Mr. Spock. It's like, oh, I yeah, would, yeah, yeah. I know. It's like, I would love to fulfill the stereotypical female role of going and fetching you some yes. soup. Of oh, course. Was, that's my dream. Uh, but it's funny, like their relationship. I, I, I'm, on the, I'm actually on a first watch of um, the animated series myself. Oh, wow. Uh, so I'm about halfway through season one and she... The episode where Mud um, has this love potion and she gets she's spiders, like spiders. Oh, sorry, but she's yeah. th- she's thinking of using it on Spock, and it's just so adorable. Yeah. Oh, oh man, Mud. I'm. I was not a fan of Mud. I've I've, yeah, I've seen. No. I've, I've only seen Mud's yeah. women so far, and I've got yeah. another episode. I've I've spotted his name in the episode <laughs> list. So we'll yeah. see. We'll see how yeah. we get on with Mud. Okay. Um. <laughs> So Spock wants Kirk to come down with him to this ritual. He's like, you know, you're, you're, we, we are as as Vulcans, we are allowed to bring our closest friends. And he's like, Kirk, I want you to come. And McCoy, yeah, sure, you can come too. It's it's like almost this afterthought where McCoy's sitting there and he's like, yeah, and 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 McCoy, sure, you you yeah. 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 Uh, but I, and again, I thought this was very sweet. I was like, oh, he wants his boys yeah. to be there with him. It's BFFs. Yeah, I know. And just before they land, they're up on the bridge and T'Pring shows up on screen. This wonderful name, T'Pring. Yeah. Uh, yes. Who, as it turns out, dum dum dum, is Spock's wife. What? EastEnders music. Yeah, that was oh. like, what? And even I didn't, I didn't remember or know that fact or something. I don't know. It, it wasn't in my brain. So I was like, yeah. ah! where did this come from explain (laughs) and so it turns out then that they were uh, what was it uh, parted from me but never parted Um, Mm. turns out that they were it was an arranged marriage when they were seven years old and they touched hands which bonded their minds so that Mm. they would always have this urge to get back to each other later in life Um, it's nice yeah, in a in a kind of not, a, not when you're seven, but yeah, in a kind of a predetermined kind of a way. Yeah, um, and so we go down to Vulcan, and we are treated to these absolutely gorgeous matte paintings. Mm. Um, really nice landscapes. Now I was watching it on Netflix, and I I wasn't sure if this was the remastered. It versions, is, but it was very pretty, very very. Pretty. Yes, it yeah. is the remastered versions that are that are yeah. on um, Netflix, and yeah. occasionally I will go back and because they have some compilations up on YouTube of uh, what mm. uh, what there is, you know what what the originals are. Um, although, you know this, I, I'd say this may have been tidied up, but it looks pretty, you know, just good nineteen sixty special effects. Mm. But, I'll accept it. It looked lovely. It looked oh, lovely. Yes. And so there's essentially this kind of Stonehenge kind of a thing that they have set up. Mm. And it turns out this this ceremony is called uh, Knut Khalifa, mm. uh, which is a marriage or, or a challenge, which is interesting. Mm. And, uh, and and McCoy gives them a little dig there. You know, this is the price they pay for having no emotions. It's like, that's nice. <laughs> And it's uh, hot. That's where the expression "hot as Vulcan" comes from. Yeah, <laughs> which, I'm going to use that now. Which you are has hot so, as Vulcan. <laughs> which has so, it's it sounds quite different in an Irish accent. Hot yeah. as Vulcan. <laughs> um, yeah. You need to be careful with that one. 
but yeah, and that was something I didn't realize that Vulcan was pretty hot. But there yeah. you go. Yeah. Um, so they go over and they hit this jade gong, or at least what looks like jade or plastic. Who's to know? Mm. And <laughs> polystyrene. <laughs> we'll find out later. And Kirk. Kirk is kind of enjoying Spock's embarrassment about this. He's a bit of a douche about this, you know, where Spock is just sitting there going, oh my God, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm like being driven by all of this. All of this now has to happen. Oh, these people are going to come out. And Kirk's just sitting there with a smirk on his face going, okay, Spock. And it comes the wedding party and T'Pow, what a great name, T'Pow. Yeah, T'Pow. And she, apparently she was the only person to turn down a federation seat at at some point which is quite interesting mm. plus also women power get get ahead yeah. of the game guys Woo. <laughs> and here we have the first time in star trek history they do the hand thing Yay! that is that was that was the first time they did that because all the way through season one i was waiting for for yeah. spock to do the hand thing um, and for anyone who's, because obviously there's a podcast and you can't see, you know what the hand thing is? It's quintessential Star Trek. It's the Vulcan oh, hand I, thing. If you've seen um, Orange is the New Black, it's the shocker for Trekkies. The sh- oh. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll pretend like I understood that reference. Okay. Um, and later I and later I will watch Orange is the New Black and I'll be like, there you go. I, I understood yeah, I, that reference. Yeah. <laughs> and at this point, I'm beginning to twig I'm I'm listening to the the soundtrack and there's there's a couple of little hints in the music. There's kind of da, 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 da. yeah, and I'm like, I'm beginning to realize, oh my god, is this is this this, is this episode? <laughs> and oh my god, it is this episode. It is it's this so, one, yeah. This is the Vulcan heart. This is the Vulcan soul. This is the Vulcan way. And to bring stops Spock from hitting the gong because. She wants to challenge. Yeah. It's like truth or dare and she picks dare. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> and so at this, you know, and, and everybody's expecting her to pick this other dude who's wearing a big tinfoil jacket. Mm-hmm. And, um, but she walks right past him and she picks Kirk. I did and, not see that coming. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, of course. Well, if course. you know, you know. But <laughs> if, if you know, you know. And also, I have I have in my notes here. I love Tapao's accent. I'm not sure. Yeah. Like, is is that like a German accent or it's it's just wonderful wherever know. it is. And she kept saying thee and thy. Yes, and it cool. it really worked. It was just great. <laughs> um. So yeah, whoever won, whoever won, uh, apparently uh, Pring would be the property of the victor. It's like really, and she was okay with that. She was fine with that. This this (laughs) is this is the grand Vulcan society that you live in, where the wife becomes the property of. You know, they're like this is the ancient ways. But again, again, this is probably a really good um, reflection on humanity, where there are all of these super bizarre rituals that we continue to do that's like why do we do this this is the way that we've always done that's that's just the way it is and it's like well can we not change what we do no but but that's that's the way we do people get upset when you try and change it you're like it doesn't make sense (laughs) oh i know i know god damn it oh life (laughs) yeah it's it's fun it's they're, they're like don't don't try and change it and so she chooses kirk and the other dude's like, but no, I should have been the chosen one. And they're like, dude, shut up, Wesley. 
uh, which which is one one reference from next gen that i do know um so kirk is free to decline if he wants to but as it goes on he is like spock's sitting there going no seriously kirk 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 doesn't know what's going on here uh yeah because you didn't freaking tell him everything yeah. <laughs> and kirk kirk is sitting there going well hey you know we can we can fight for a while yeah you know, yeah, I'll I just can, slap him around a bit. Yeah, and I could do. I mean, as we discovered in the previous season, like Vulcans are much stronger than humans. Yeah. But uh, this episode kind of forgets about that a little bit. Yeah. And the and 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 Spock is is like kind of sitting there with his hands together, really kind of getting in the zone. And he's like, "No, seriously, like I, I will annihilate Kirk. <laughs> like he does not know not to do this." Um, and. So Kirk is like, yeah, sure, I'll do it. I accept. And plus, I think there's a little bit of Kirk's ego, of course, getting in the way as well. He's like, well, I don't want to yeah. turn this down. Yeah. Um, don't so look bad in front yeah, of Vulcans. Of course, of course, all these people I've never met before. And <laughs> so, of course, he accepts. And then to bring shady as hell, like, what's going on here? What is she, what is she doing? Uh, it turns out she does have a very good, highly logical uh, explanation for this later. Yeah, but yeah. out come the Lerpa. These classic weapons. I'm like, yes, awesome. here awesome. it comes. Oh, I'm, I'm you, ju- yeah, it, it was it was such a cosplayers. You know, we were. I was looking at that going. That is a craft foam or cardboard because it was one of the two. It oh, wasn't metal. It, it, oh, no I know. way it was metal. Yeah, like the color of it. It's just so oh. matte. It you was know? terrible, but yeah. brilliant. Yeah, and all I can think of is Jim Carrey. And this did not disappoint. I loved uh, it. It was great. Yeah, it was a great fight scene. It was yeah. great. I mean, the choreography at the start was kind of terrible. But oh yeah, they just clash and they're like, yeah, Ugh. yeah. <laughs> oh my god, that wine in any anything. I mean, anybody yeah. who has done any kind of like combat with weapons knows that you don't lock weapons. You don't yeah. do it because you know from that position particularly with swords when when people lock swords it really really bugs me in movies or tv mm-hmm. because they lock swords and they're like literally all you need to do is just slip your sword behind theirs and it's because you know exactly where the sword is you mm-hmm. know exactly how far you need to move your sword in order to get right past it as opposed to when you're far away from it or your swords aren't touching you don't know exactly where the sword is yeah but anyway, anyway, so anyway. Spock slashes him across the chest, and in this instant shirt rippage. Oh, of course, of course. <laughs> like sometimes I feel like Kirk rips his shirt on purpose, which I'm pretty sure actually they did oh, that yeah. in Futurama. Yeah, yes. <laughs> where he acts. Oh no, it's ripped. Yeah. Oh, um, uh, that that bit got a bit of a cheer from me. Woo, shirt rip. <laughs> oh man. Well, I mean, it is. It's. It's the Shatner and his glorious chest. He's got to do it, yeah. Yeah, and, and like it's it's this perfect shirt rip that that shows off his pecs, yeah, perfectly, perfectly, and they're all shiny and you know makeup on them. And just yeah, oh yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, you know, they, they had to do the little trickle of blood to to, yeah. to make to make it look realistic. Otherwise, we wouldn't have bought it. You see? Yes, I understand. You know? <laughs> And of course, it turns out that it's to the day. Like Kirk didn't realize this, yeah. and, and Kirk's face is like, 
Yeah, this is to the death, by the way. Why didn't you tell me that beforehand? It's like, yeah. in fairness, they probably could have told him before that. But but yeah. because the Vulcans are like, oh, no, we don't tell outsiders. We don't tell outlanders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's, well, <laughs> uh, you know, read the fine print, guys. Thanks. It's it's no big deal. He's just going to die. But he doesn't need to know that. <laughs> yeah. And But thankfully, when things are getting super heated, T'Pau shouts out, was it, Kroka, Kroika, which... I assume is like, okay, everybody, let's just stop there for a yeah. little minute. Ding, 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 I think is the technical term. And <laughs> um, turns out the air's too hot and thin for Kirk. And McCoy mm-hmm. is just like, look, this this is ridiculous. Kirk seriously needs some steroids for this. <laughs> you know, so I will just go over here and I will pump him full of drugs yeah. That will give him a slight edge. It's like, and everybody's like, "Yeah, sure, yeah, that cool, makes cool, it." Cool. Well, I, I suppose that is probably just the the Vulcan um, superiority complex, where they're like, "Well, of course, the meager human would need some yeah. extra oomph for it." Yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, he's sitting there going, "Dude, look, you're you're gonna have to kill Spock," <laughs> and Kirk is just like, uh, "I don't know if I can do this." And so um, McCoy pumps him full of a Triox compound, which I thought was really cool because Triox, I th- as far as I know, Triox is it's a mixture of oxygen that deep sea divers use. Uh-huh. Um, okay. There's there's like a certain depth where you use a certain mix of oxygen, but once you go beyond a certain depth, you then go on to Triox oh, uh, right. because of just the way that the water pressure works on your lungs and stuff fun fact hmm. um but yeah and so they then go into the next round so they've gotten rid of the the big wonderful yeah. swishy hammer blade things and, and round two is a little bit uh a little bit yeah downer it, with the little straps that are yeah, supposed but, to whack yeah with it, i, I mean you know they, they could have led with the other one but then again the beginning of the fight may have just been a bit of a downer but Maybe yeah. just don't use lame-ass <laughs> straps. Oh, no, round two is straps. Yeah. yeah. Um, like, even put, like, like bigger hook things on the end. Nope, they're straps. I, th- I mean, I think they had little claw things, but, like, come Ugh. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Um, and at this point, you know, they're sitting there grappling away and, like, wrestling with each other. And I am sitting there going, what? weren't Vulcans like super strong against you like mm. um spock certainly kind of uh, showed his strength in season one but or, or maybe that triox was just too damn powerful mm. but but it spock, wasn't but yeah exactly it wasn't <laughs> spock gets him into the position and he strangles him yeah and he kills kirk yeah and t'pow shouts out kroika <laughs> and stops the fight and also throughout this, there's this what there's this wonderful kind of jingle sound effect of like, like yeah. these, I love Little it. Little bells and yeah, I love that. Have you ever played uh, Legend of Zelda: The Wind Waker? I haven't played it. No. There are these little characters. Uh, they're called the Cockery. There's these little forest spirits. In fact, actually, they're a complete rip off of the little forest spirits from um, Princess Mononoke. Okay. Uh, but uh, they're very similar but but the only sound that they ever make is this little jingly sound mm-hmm. and as they run around they just make these <laughs> little jingly sounds and it's the exact same jingly sound so I was like ooh reminded yeah, me yeah I, li- I liked it I liked it it was, yeah. it was nice atmospheric 
And so Kirk is dead. Spock is now in command, which I kind of feel <laughs> like there should be a law in the code somewhere that if you're if you know if your officer has murdered the captain in order to become captain <laughs> then maybe they don't automatically get promoted yeah. to like i kind of feel like there's a that's that's sort of why they um they changed it up early on in the um early on in the united states in the first couple of terms of presidency whoever came second in the election became vice president Mm. And that was really problematic because arguably it could it could incentivize you yeah. <laughs> to get rid of the president so that you could become president. Yeah. I mean, that wasn't the only reason why they did away with that. But uh, it was what there was something in there going kind of incentivizes you <laughs> to do something. Yeah. Drastic. It, it, it was very um, it was very mirror universe, actually. Yeah. The, the, the king is dead. Long live the king. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> um, although, at least Spock is totally uh, kind of honourable by this. And he's like, mm. okay, bring bring me to the nearest starbase so I can turn myself in. Which is which mm. is fair yeah. and yeah. honourable. And, and, and Spock maintains his honour. So, as it turns out, all of this drama was caused by Tpring, who wanted Ston, apparently, who was the other dude with the tinfoil mm-hmm. jacket. And she has this long ass logical plan basically going, well, if I had a asked Ston to fight you, then it would have then, you know, he would have killed you or, you know, then he would they would have killed them or it was it was really long and convoluted that. I mean, there was logic to it, but God, it was complicated. Um, and, but, if, and if Kirk had won, that he wouldn't want me and <laughs> and that he would want me. And... Are, are, are you sure Kirk wouldn't want? Kirk wants anything she would, with yeah, legs. Yeah, she was taking a chance there, wasn't yeah. she? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, did you do your research? I mean, you say that Spock was a legend. Do you know how much of a legend Kirk yeah. is? Yeah. Oh, dear. And, and, and I mean, you know, as soon as she was walking out, Kirk was sitting there going, ooh. You know, yes, it's like, dude, know, dude, she she's betrothed <laughs> to your best friend. What the hell, oh man? God. Yeah. But anyway, so um, Spock kind of gives gives him a little kind of nudge before he leaves. Anyway, he's like, "Well, uh, having is not as good as wanting." <laughs> Which is like, oh, Spock can be sassy as all hell in his own yeah. way. Sometimes I love it. And then we get the immortal lines. Live long and prosper for the first yeah. time in that Star nice. Trek history. It's like, ah, oh, there we go. That was nice. There it is. <laughs> um, it's 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 funny how you know certain things just become these huge icons. Yeah. And you know how how some things like like even most recently, say like the likes of the Mandalorian, where people very quickly kind of took up the you know i have spoken or this is yeah, the way this is like the way. This, yeah this is the way you know oh, and i it, say it 10 times a day <laughs> exactly this is to the my way. kids yeah. <laughs> like, why do we TV. have to do that this is the <laughs> way <laughs> yeah. yeah uh but it's you often wonder like when they're writing these things do they know which ones are going to take off and which ones mm. aren't you know yeah but it was I, I liked the reply to that you know live long and prosper and he goes i will do neither yeah. So I've killed my friend. I, I liked that. It was I a nice know, exchange. So it, is, it is. It's a very sad context in, in yeah. the first 
first instance of it. Yeah. And so, um, also, just before we leave here, the face mask of that weird executioner dude was amazing. It was this weird kind of thin yeah. beak thing. It's such a bizarre design. Which but you know what? It's so 2020. I was saying, oh, good, his nose is covered. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's like people standing in crowds are like, oh, this is very classic. Like, can he blow out a candle? I don't think so. He's good. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um so Spock goes back up to the Enterprise and long story short, turns out Kirk's still alive. Surprise! And he, <laughs> yeah, he literally walks out behind his surprise. And um, snickering. And Spock's reaction is adorable. He's like, yeah. Kirk, and big smile oh, on yeah. his face, gives him a hug. And there's a... <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and it's nothing out of, it's nothing out of the, you know, hashtag not gay or any of that, you know, but it's more of a case of, yeah, he's like, no, oh, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I'm logical. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I yeah. don't express emotions, and everyone's like, yeah, cool. Um, <laughs> and so Spock is super happy to see Kirk, and it's adorable, and I love it. Um, mm. so it turns out that McCoy gave Kirk a neural paralyzer instead, which was a really smart move. Which essentially that was, that was cool. Yeah. Faked Kirk's death, which is great. Yeah, and how many shows have used that since? So. I know, you know, like I, I, I haven't seen it since ever where, you know, they, they, they secretly give someone a chemical that makes them look like they died, but they actually don't and they turn up later. Never I, seen it again. I, I'm pretty sure it, it it must have been in Star Trek then because, yeah, I have seen a couple since this now. I'm trying to remember... Oh, no, I'm being sarcastic. Um, it's such a trope. Oh, sorry. <laughs> but I'm trying to remember what Star Trek. Well, I'm pretty um, sure they used it on Nick Fury and the Winter Soldier. Spoilers for the Winter Soldier. I, I'm wondering, is it the... No, it's not that one in Enterprise because that is a loophole. Uh, no, I'll, I'll think of it later. <laughs> that'll be fair enough. And yeah, so it turns out once Spock thought he killed Kirk, his madness like just switched off, which was convenient. Yeah. He was fine. And then, brilliantly, the news comes in from Starfleet. Oh, by the way, you can uh, you can go ahead and go to Vulcan. And Kirk's like, thanks, guys. Thanks. Hey, everybody, let's go to Altair. Um, and uh, yeah, and they're all they're they're super entertained that Spock got super emotional there at the end. Totes emotion. Yeah. At the end. Totes emotion. Yeah. And this was a great episode i yeah. loved yeah. it it's yeah. i mean it's it's a classic and having seen it now there's a reason it's a classic yeah it's great so many moments in it so yeah. many oh my god <laughs> yeah oh yeah, yeah totally like i mean like from the word go spock is acting strange you know something is up when spock <laughs> is acting strange we, we didn't mention uhura calls through to spock's quarters and he's like smashes oh, yeah. the computer he smashes the computer it like collapses on I love that it's moment yeah, cardboard yeah. computer yeah exactly yeah, that was hilarious I yeah I, I love all of the simple little special effects and this, like you know I was, yeah. I was talking with somebody the last day where um, you know people will be watching watching TV shows and they'll be like picking it apart going eh, that doesn't look real it's like none of it looks real if you really break it down but yeah. like I, but I watch it from a product from a production perspective, loving yeah. how they managed to do these things. And it's like even yeah. when it looks fake, it's like they tried. I like it, you know. Yeah. yeah. O- occasionally, there will be something where I'm like, 
they didn't sell me on that one mm. you know well, to me to me it's like a theater uh, exactly. production like it's like you're watching a theater exactly. a play and it's really well done it's almost <laughs> as if it's a cheesy sci-fi tv show from the 1960s <laughs> it's uncanny go figure <laughs> so episode two now I, I, there's a lot less to say about episode two so we won't be here as long chatting about episode two anyway episode less, two <laughs> who mourns for adonis or adonis adonis is that how you spell is Adon- that how you spell adonis adonis no i think adonis <laughs> is just o-n-i-s tell me in the comment section because you'll certainly be able to tell me um <laughs> So this was first aired September the 22nd, 1967. It was written by Gilbert Ralston, which is very difficult to say in my accent. (laughs) And I think Gene Elkhorn had a hand in this as well. And it was directed by Mark Daniels. So this episode opens up with... uh, They're talking about Pollux 5, which... Is another star in the Gemini constellation mm-hmm. for all you. I I I guess you're you're an astronomy geek as well, are you? Oh, kind kind of like I would know the names of stars. I wouldn't yeah. tell you the constellations offhand, but yeah. But every time they say Pollux, yeah, <laughs> pure Pollux. It's a load of Pollux. You've Castor and you've Pollux. They're the two the two stars yeah. of uh, oh, yes, of Gemini. Yes. And fun fact: that is where the names of the two brothers in Face Off. The classic Nicolas Cage, John Travolta. One is called Castor Troy. The other one's called Pollux Troy. Nice. There you go. Face nice. off. Off. <laughs> Amazing film. Um, and uh, yeah, they, they recycled the big giant boots from the Super Mario Brothers movie in, in that film. <laughs> I love it whenever people recycle props in other movies. Like the Starship Troopers uniforms have shown up in several, several other things, including Power Rangers. But anyway, nice. <laughs> back to Star Trek. So Scotty is coming on hard to Carolyn, who is this mm-hmm. lady who's been t- giving this report on Pollux. She is a, a, a scientist, a biologist, uh, as it would seem. And Kirk is such a jock. Like he oh. is such a like he's just sitting there going, look at Scotty, you know, <laughs> sexually harassing this woman in the workplace <laughs> Just look at him. Look at him. Oh, look, he's asking her right. Oh, isn't that cute? This may be the worst scene in Star Trek. Oh, it's so bad. I had to choke down the vomit. Oh. I couldn't. I just couldn't. Because because then, as as they go off and he's like, ah, it's going to happen. She'll find the right man. And then we'll lose an an officer. She's a woman. All women. Yeah, I know. And well, it's yeah, just... to, yeah, off she'll go out of the service. Yeah, because yeah. she has to go get married, have kids. Exactly, so that's, that's what the end will of her happen. Career. I mean, yeah, I mean, like the 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 feminist movement clearly didn't happen, and if you know, that's 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 just the way. It is that is the way. Yeah. Um, but uh, oh oh oh, 1960s. You saw 1960s. Okay, particularly, I find. You know, there's there's always certain things that the show is really progressive on, and yeah. then okay, and then occasionally it'll just completely remind you. Yeah. Oh like, yeah. Yeah. Know, wait, wait. This is the sixties. We have to be sexist. We have to. Yeah. Exactly. Oh god. Yeah. Um. So yeah, as it turns out, they're approaching this planet, and this big giant green hand reaches up 
off out of the planet and grabs the Enterprise. Only in Star Trek. Only in Star Trek. <laughs> this was something I did not realize when I went started into Star Trek was... First of all, I didn't really know that time travel was as big a thing in Star Trek as it is. Um, mm. Even though deep down inside, I actually did because I knew... But we'll not get into that. But like just some of the weirdness of Star Trek. I did not know how weird Star Trek could be. Super weird. And how silly Star Trek could be in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this was great. And I must actually go back and watch this special effect in the unmastered oh, yeah. editions, in the, in the yeah. originals. Because... It looked terrible in the remaster. Yeah. <laughs> like, it felt like... I'm wondering, did somebody reshoot their own hand? Like, it's so bad. It is awful. Yeah. Awful. Uh, well, but the, the, to be honest, the scene is kind of like... The, the effects guys are like, okay, a green hand in space. Yeah, there's not much we can do there. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, like, like one of my favourite episodes from, uh, from the first season was... Um, Oh, what's it called? The the Corbamite maneuver, mm. and oh, I loved it. But like the the first the first ep, uh, the first instance of that, like they're fighting a giant Rubik's cube in space. You know, it's it's I know. it's bizarre. It's they're like it's a cube, and let's yeah. steer around it. No, it's in front of us. You know, the hand is the same thing. <laughs> so this big giant face shows up on the screen, and it's some dude with golden. Um, uh, golden leaves in his hair go- golden laurels in his hair mm. and he's like my children you are welcome and he's proud and long has he waited 5,000 years apparently and he you know he makes reference to Agamemnon and Hector and Odysseus and he's showing his true things because he doesn't even mention Achilles he's the one that everyone goes for he's like no no I go for the deep cuts here I go for Agamemnon <laughs> nobody knows Agamemnon these days <laughs> That was actually one of my favourite scenes in Troy was that scene where Agamemnon is talking to Achilles and he's like, nobody is ever going to remember you. It's the kings that people remember. Like, Achilles? Who's going to know the name Achilles? People are going to remember Agamemnon. I love that scene. That was, uh, what's his name? Um, uh, Oh, one of the guys who did Game of Thrones uh, adapted that screenplay. Uh, I, I, I know nothing of Game of Thrones. Oh, (laughs) <laughs> the first five seasons are fantastic yeah so he's like okay you know what you 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 will obey me and they're like yeah sure whatever and then he he starts to crush the ship but not only does he crush the ship he like crushes everything in the ship as well and everyone's just like ah, i'm feeling crushed um, as as the uh, as the budget allows them um, yeah. but uh, long story short they he, he invites them down to the planet he's like hey you know send down a boarding party but not the guy with the pointy ears oh this guy's racist lovely yeah. he's like I mean I like him but he's just not one of us oh he's super racist I love it oh, oh he uh, reminds me of Pan he... yeah yes that's <laughs> what it excuse. is yeah. exactly and uh, so they beam down so it's Kirk McCoy uh, Chekhov Scotty and Carolyn and it's looking all ancient Greek and turns out and and so initially I'm just sitting there going ah are we are we going down the the trope of it turns out the gods were actually aliens and mm. spoiler alert yes um i'm wondering where like how early this trope became a thing like how new was mm. this like i'd imagine this concept was very fairly new to a lot of people like watching this show um like mm. i mean at, at this stage of the game it's kind of old hat 
at this, yeah. you know. Yeah, well, back in the day, like, aliens were new. Exactly. You know? well, that's, <laughs> that's true. That's true. Yeah. Um, so this whole idea of, oh, but what if, what if the yeah, gods... Well, that, yeah, I suppose that if you're watching this in the 60s, that's a thinker. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, and... At that point, Thor. What Thor was uh, had been released in Marvel at that point. He came out in I think sixty three or sixty four. Uh, but you know, uh, okay, but but okay. but but still, you know. It so was, it, it was the fashion. It was the fashion. <laughs> it was the fashion, and turns out this dude is Apollo. You know, just casually, I was very disappointed that he did not make reference to the fact. Well, I suppose. Oh. I suppose the they hadn't actually landed on the moon at that point in real life, oh, 1967. Apollo the moon, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but but the fact that they named they named the Apollo missions, and I mean the Apollo missions were started all throughout the 60s. But I'm surprised. Yeah. Well, I suppose yeah. it would have been a big prediction for them to make to say, yeah. well, it was yeah. the Apollo mission that made it to the the moon. Uh, yeah, that would have been a brave one. <laughs> that I always, would have I, been cool. I always love it when they like. Um, I always remember in the very first episode. I haven't watched a lot of early Doctor Who, but in the very first episode of Doctor Who, um, they talk about um, like the the girl who's in class, and she starts. They ask her a question about money, and she starts answering, "Oh, it's um, two pounds twenty pence," and they're like, "What? Oh, sorry, you just, you just don't have decimalization yet, of course." And <laughs> and it's it's like well yeah they they got the nail on the head there yeah and um, so as it turns out Apollo wants to be worshipped and Kirk is not impressed he's like you are not Apollo like this is ridiculous and then Apollo just straight up grows into yeah. like how you know, dare you yeah oh my god <laughs> I love it it's like oh my god it's a it's a a, a Power Rangers villain <laughs> and um. <laughs> I loved actually just the simple uh, special effect that they use of um, of just craning the camera up, yeah, and they all yeah. just watch it. And like it's like so it smart, it's so simple. And then of yeah. course you know he's superimposed on a big blue screen effect or whatever way they yeah. do. Um, so they've lost uh, communication with the Enterprise, and it's all yeah. The, I kind of felt there wasn't a lot to this episode. Like, there's a lot of faff in this episode. There's a lot of mm. very similar scenes kind of going back and forth. Carolyn mm. knows her Greek mythology. She's kind of going and going, oh, yeah, wow, I know all about all this. And, yeah. of course, Apollo is, like, just name-dropping everyone. You know, he's just yeah. like, oh, well, this is this reminds me of this time I was with Athena <laughs> and this other time with Aphrodite and then this other yeah. time with Hermes. And it's just like, yeah, yeah, OK, we get it. You know your stuff. That's fine. Yeah. Good for you. Oh, but he And then he does sneak in the you seem wise for a woman. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's so like, that's... yeah, cool, uh... man. Go, and go nobody to... goes, hey, she's a lieutenant. She's a scientist. She, you know, it's yeah, like, it's yeah. just like, oh, he's just, got a point. Yes. It's like, yeah. I mean, hello, Sparta. The women were well respected in ancient Sparta. Mm. Um, but yeah, he, he, you know, makes reference to Agamemnon again because he's like, I know the name Agamemnon. And then he also <laughs> refers to Hercules. And uh-huh. I'm sorry, but uh, I think you'll find that Hercules is the Roman name oh. for him. Dear. Uh, oh dear. Heracles, Heracles was the ancient Greek one. So <laughs> Apollo, like, are you ancient Greek? Are you Roman? Like, uh, okay, so that's our first clue that he's not who he says he is. <laughs> exactly. Well, I mean, 
as it turns out though it, it, it pretty much I think it is they don't do they even clarify that they kind of do I mean from, from what I took from it it seemed they were like yeah this they were going they were going this for that. Yeah. seems to be kind of accurate um so yeah Scott uh, so Apollo and Carolyn like super bond and Scotty is super jealous <laughs> Scotty is way too... Like, first of all, he's like twice this lady's age. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Like, yeah, he's super yeah. creepy, super clingy. And he's like, oh, my God, I, I asked her out already. And it's like, dude, yeah. that doesn't you, give you, you went, right to anything. Yeah. You went for coffee. Lots of people go for coffee. <laughs> yeah. It's not what you think. And he straight up pulls a phaser on Apollo and Apollo zaps him. And then it turns yeah. out that... Chekhov's gun isn't working. Yeah. So it's so so they <laughs> so they're just gonna put it up on a shelf and leave it there and imply that it might be used later in the episode. Turns out Chekhov's gun doesn't actually have anything to do with later in the <laughs> later in the episode. I'm gonna stop this joke right here, right now. Because <laughs> it's terrible. Yeah. Oh dear. And I'm totally gonna call back to it later and go, ha, see, told you, Chekhov's gun. No, I'm not. <laughs> Yeah, so Apollo changes Carolyn's outfit to this very <laughs> revealing toga. Wow. This, this Eurovision ensemble. Y- yes, yes. Eurovision is Eurovision, a very good yeah. way of describing this. This pink thing that is somehow clinging to her chest and mm. very little else. Like magic. Yes, yes. And or, she goes, it's beautiful. It's not very practical, but it's beautiful. It's probably gaffer tape. That's what's that. That's what they yeah. did with Princess Leia. Two, oh yeah, two two pay tape, two pay. Yes. They, they they would have that already. Yeah, exactly. Although oh, not yeah. that they use it on Chekhov. <laughs> yeah, needs uh, a bit more tape. Um, but uh, yeah, it was. You you can understand why a lot of people would be somewhat besotted over this TV show, shall we say? Oh, yeah. There were, there was yeah. yeah there was there was yeah. there was quite a bit of visual um yeah. scenery scenery yes that's, that's very good <laughs> well speaking of scenery there's this wonderful cutaway to this lake garden which is clearly not oh, yeah. on the set someone's gaff in yeah. LA. yeah yeah oh that's totally what it is up up in Beverly yeah. Hills and yeah, like, yeah. can we just get a shot of your of your back garden and they're like yeah sure. <laughs> we'll just cut it in they'll never know yeah so Kirk thinks that Apollo might be telling the truth. Like initially, he's just like, "That is ridiculous," but then he's like, 5,000 years ago." Do you know what? It's possible. And I mean, I do. I suppose because this concept has been explored so much in science fiction, science fantasy, and a lot of that kind of stuff since this does feel very shallow. It feels like, "Oh, what if they were actually aliens?" And it's like. Yeah, keep going. Keep yeah. like like it just presents the idea as the whole thesis yeah. and it's like cool, give us more implications. Uh, yeah, yeah. Because as it turns out the the gods like they relied on being worshipped and mm. I kind of missed it like they, they they had to leave earth and then they didn't have the power to get back or was it be- I yeah. tuned out I pretty much tuned out with all that stuff it was I wasn't too vaguey, vaguey. <laughs> and yeah. or maybe it was because when they got back to their own planet 
they didn't have their worshippers and therefore lost a lot of their pirates possibly. yes now what that reminds me of something as well though i have a terrible memory but there was something similar that you know somebody was being kept alive by their followers yeah worship or it's something. like twitter that's it. That is it. He's an influencer. Yes, that's that's what he is. It's like nobody's liking my tweets. Yeah. I got one retweet, but it was my mum, and that's just not good enough, guy. Like like someone having a tw- this yeah. this episode is literally Apollo having a Twitter meltdown. Go, why isn't anybody yeah. liking my posts it's, anymore? Yeah, it's like Kirk won't follow him back. Yeah, yeah. He's he's sending him DMs, going Kirk, Kirk. I see that you haven't followed me yet. Did you realize that I followed you? Yeah, yeah. Oh, poor Apollo, poor Apollo. Um, yeah. yeah, so they realize, you know, any any of the big kind of powers and stuff that he does, he, he wears himself out and he's like, you will obey me! Mm. And then disappears. <laughs> and so Kirk is like, right, then we shall overpower him or, or, or drain his power by making him... Yeah. nearly kill us several times they're like are yeah. you sure about this Kirk is like yeah it's foolproof it'll be fine and um, eventually yeah so they go to they all start laughing at him and he starts getting super annoyed but then Carolyn fair play Carolyn yeah. walks in and goes but what about the power of love yeah and, but they're shoving her out of the way yeah, they're, and like, like, shut they're up, like dude <laughs> shut up shut up you're ruining her plan why are the girls always coming in here in their big pink dresses ruining her plan and talking about love yeah. and emotions it's like yeah. dude she possibly saved your life right now yeah you think about mercy yeah, yeah listen to the lieutenant with the experience in archaeology and anthropology and yeah ologies lots of ologies but then ultimately um uh, Kirk takes her aside and he's like okay we're trying to we're trying to take away his power and it seems that a lot of his power comes from being loved and worshipped and right now you are worshipping the ground that he is walking on because like what he's like some kind of Greek god or something <laughs> and by the way he really does have the body of a Greek god. It's like it's, it's quite Totes. impressive when he's like oh, reaching oh, up. He he's, he starts creating a storm and like zapping stuff out of the sky, and it's like wow, that's that that dude. Yeah. That dude puts the time in. He has got to see. He doesn't skip arm day, leg day, or anything day. Yes. <laughs> um, so yeah. So and and at one point as well, Apollo actually force chokes in what can oh, only yeah. be described. He. <laughs> Straight up force chokes Kirk. I'm like, dude, yeah. <laughs> nice. Nice. you know, Darth Vader eats your heart out. <laughs> uh, yeah. I was well impressed with that. Um, but yeah, so ultimately, Carolyn kind of takes Apollo aside and, and she's like, yeah, so I'm like totally done with you. And I'm, I don't actually love you. I'm just studying you. And Apollo's like, but, but we had something. I was going to make you a goddess. And she was like, yeah, but. I'm I'm an archaeologist. I, 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 I study this stuff. I'm not going to fall in love with you. That would be unethical. Because this show is all about ethics. She's asking all about, you know, so what is your evolutionary and social patterns, you know, of, of your species? And he's like, well, you're totally killing the mood here. And she's just like, <laughs> she's like oh, well, this, this is what I do. Um, and so Scotty, again, is super concerned amidst all of this 
storm and blow winds crack your cheeks um it's all going a bit crazy and uh, meanwhile spock realizes that they need to blow up this big temple in the middle of the little area that they're in and he manages to use some convoluted m rays wibbly wobbly timey wimey stuff (laughs) to somehow shoot through the big giant hand and yeah Yeah. you know because they're still stuck up in space with this big giant hand every so often it'll cut back to the enterprise with this big giant hand stuck i was very pleased when they reversed polarity oh of course it's 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 it has to be done it has to be done (laughs) yeah that pleased me greatly yeah as long as it didn't cross the streams oh yeah that's a different one Apollo is raging this storm now. And then there's some really dark imagery towards uh, Carolyn where like the camera is like zooming down on her and she's like lying down and yeah. uh, screaming. And like, I mean, I mean, it's, it's entirely in the subtext there. He's like, I'm going to take you. But yeah. it's, it's 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 there. It was very it was very worrying. And yeah, the way her dress was like going all mm-hmm. over the place. She was like clinging to the tiny pieces of material. Yeah. But then again, if you read any Greek mythology, you will know that that is the so. direction that those I stories so. tend to go. <laughs> so yes, yeah, so the Enterprise, long story short, ends up blowing up the temple and Apollo loses his power and the giant hand is fading and Apollo is zapping the Enterprise with his lightning fingers and eventually they destroy the temple and Apollo weeps. He's he's mm. he's very sad. He's like I Aww. I would have cherished you like <laughs> like like a father loves a son. And Kirk just looks at him and he's like we've outgrown you. Oh. This was where the episode I think there could have been more of this in the episode cuz you know cuz there was all of this kind of thing of um where Apollo was inviting them all down and going no look you you can all be goat farmers and I will mm. love you and I will provide for you. And Again, this show, as much as this show has, um, is very forward thinking and does have quite a, a, a positive view on it does occasionally, there have been a couple of episodes in season one where they were like bashing communism, mm. where it's like, oh, they're all coming here, but they've, they've got no, uh, they're all working as a collective, but they've got no individual thinking and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And occasionally, so, so I'm always a wee bit wary of that, just you know because it's 1960s america um and you know there's an element here again of oh look but you will you will have you'll know not of any need it's like i will provide for you for everything it's like yeah but we're what we're just going to be your slaves um which like is a totally fair thing to be rebelling against um but yes. it it is it is an interesting kind of thought of you know if you would be provided everything. Mm. But then again, you wouldn't be allowed to leave. You know, he's like, yes. I need, I need your love. You can't yeah. go but anywhere. They, they have everything provided to them anyway, because it's a utopia. And this is true. This is true. Uh, was it this one or the last one where he says to Chekhov, um, you've earned your pay for the week. <laughs> oh, that was in this one. That was where Chekhov starts listing out all of these animals. He's he's because uh, they're talking about animals that can channel energy and like yeah. the electric eel and different things. And uh, yeah. and Kirk's like, "You're you're yeah. onto something." 
and yeah. McCoy is like, oh my God, Spock has corrupted you in your knowledge of random facts. Um, <laughs> yeah, but the, but the fact that they, I don't know if he was joking and being all 20th century, you know, in his, you've earned your pay for the week, mister. Yeah. But there's supposed to be, there's supposed to be no money. Um, well this is yeah. true this is very true although they haven't quite established that yet so far in from what i've watched oh, right. yeah, yeah. Uh, but okay. i mean i have i've heard that that is very much yeah. a thing in star trek where there's yeah. no money um so yeah so it turns out that uh, so apollo he starts calling to the other gods he's like zeus and all the others i'm gonna name drop everybody that i know <laughs> there is no room for gods and he's like take me take me you know because he's already s- described this earlier that this is what this was the fate of the other gods as well but he held out mm-hmm. hope that that mankind would eventually find find him it, it, you know like there's echoes of like prometheus and not the greek legend but the the ridley scott alien prequel and you know there were elements of that and yeah. oh, that was a film that it really could have um leaned into its source material a little bit more um like because because it was a it was originally going to go down the route of jesus christ being one of the engineers i have very little memory of that so yeah yeah it it was it was a film it was very much a film uh where charlie's theron runs straight away from this big giant rolling thing where all she has to do is run to the side. <laughs> oh well. Oh well. Oh, we'll not get into that. Um, but yeah, so it's it's quite a bittersweet ending, and McCoy is sitting there going, you know, I wish we didn't have to do this. And Kirk is kind of like, you know, what 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 was the phrase he says? He says, um, "Would it have hurt us to gather just a few laurel leaves?" And should we have just humoured him for a little longer? I mean, I think possibly, like. It did seem like quite a pathetic end for him, yeah. and and I suppose that's also what he what what he talks about, where you know they inspired like if they were the Greek gods, they inspired so much, and they were such mm-hmm. a central role in Earth's development, or at least in European Earth's development. Yeah, um, but it wasn't a it wasn't a very Star Trekky resolution, you know. Like he's yeah, where they're like, let's blow him up. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and he he's just gone, and he's sad. You know, instead yeah. of let's find him a planet where he can yeah. be worshipped by these little primitive people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it, yeah it, it it kind of feels you know it's, it's it's like dirty. You know, you get to the end of it, and the, and but <laughs> as the audience, you feel dirty. But at least they too feel dirty about it too. Where they're like, yeah, yeah. Did we do the right thing? Did we handle this <laughs> as best as we could? You yeah. know, or. Or was this just so damn Freudian that we had to kill our father? You know, like, was that was that part of it? And I suppose that probably was where it's like, no, yeah, no, yeah. this is this yeah. is the quintessential daddy issues. And we're going to kill you. And then afterwards realize, did we actually have to kill him? Yeah. Or could we have said, hey, come on with us and. Yeah, let's find Expo- you. A, yeah, a place. explore the galaxy. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah. So I, it was a cool concept, a bit hokey. Could have said mm. more. It was, yeah. it was fine. Um, lots of hor- lots of horrible, sexist moments. Yeah, a lot, a lot there of. Was, 
there was also a, lo- a cool horror moment where she's repairing the so, so yes. comms and she's under the thing and she's got, got her little sonic screwdriver and she's got her little blue coat on and she's like, come on, Mr. Spock, give me a second. I'm just... And Spock is sitting there going, well, if there's anybody who's going to do it, it's going to be you. You're probably the best for this job. And I was like, yes. Yeah, I forgot to mention that earlier, but I had it written down. Um, Yeah, that was a great moment. And it was wonderfully. And again, given the time, 1967, right in the the heat of the civil rights movement. Um, Still, I, I suppose at that point, the civil rights bill... Or one of the many ones, you know, they were still kind of being signed and in the process. I think it wasn't until 68 was a, a lot of, but yeah, like mm. it was, it, it was very much a hot topic, shall we say? Yeah. To say the very Aurora, least. She's obviously a groundbreaking character. Um, oh, 100%. But at the same time, she doesn't have, I mean, it is an important job, but she's, she answers the phone a lot, you know? But she does, there, in fairness, she does have some really kick-ass moments where they just, they do remind you that she is up there with the rest of them. You know? Oh, 100%. Which, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I, and again, uh, sometimes, you know, one can ex- can have a tendency to expect too much from from entertainment from a certain time. And, you know, mm-hmm. and, like it was it was better than what, so many other things were putting out yeah. at the time oh, and, yeah, and not yeah, only totally. that i mean like one of the one of the other things that i do know that it hasn't happened yet but uh what uh is that uh her and spock kissing or sorry her and um kirk, and kirk kissing yeah was the first interracial kiss on yeah. american tv which is yeah um, and if you look at her interviews um there is an interview that she did somebody might correct me but the way i remember the interview was she was giving a lot of credit to Shatner mm-hmm. that um, they kind of I think they kind of snuck it past the, yeah. the suits because he kept blowing the takes where they didn't kiss yes and, you know so yeah it yeah. was a lot to do you know he had a lot to do with it yeah oh yeah yeah fair, fair play to him um, like yeah. and I know she was such an icon um to so many people like there was a, a lady that i met at uh, i was at worldcon in dublin um when was it that was last year so what five years ago at this stage 2020 that's it's that like counts for five years uh but yeah back in the summer of 2019 a million years ago <laughs> um and yeah and she was an astronaut an actual astronaut who, and she was uh, an African-American astronaut. And she was, and and, and I think it wasn't too long after um, uh, the actor played Uhura, what was her name again? Nichelle. Yeah. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm still familiarizing myself with the names of, it's funny because, you know, here I am doing this Star Trek podcast and yet there's so many things that I'm still not but 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 to be honest i'm purposely not kind of um like i'm not looking anything up uh and you know because because i'm wanting to stay away from kind of spoilers and staying away from um kind of yeah you know uh going down any kind of rabbit holes where it's like no no, no i want to i want to experience it as uh in in that order but uh but no she was saying how much of a massive inspiration she was just to yeah. see uh a, a, a woman of color um, yeah. as this super important lady in space, yeah. you know? And same with um, Whoopi Goldberg. Yes. 
later on. She has a great story, yeah. Story the of next Dina Hora as well. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it is, you know, for, for, for all of the problematic 1960s sexism, uh, it's, there's, there's hope for it. There's hope for it yet. And as I am hearing vaguely from the vague tweets and the vague things that I'm seeing <laughs> about more recent Star Trek series, uh, I think there is even more progression uh, yeah. in in the future of Star Trek, which is intriguing. Yeah. And totally. I'll get watching that probably in about 50 years time. Yep. <laughs> at the rate that I'm going through these <laughs> but uh, I'll get there Linda any final thoughts on on these before we finish up not really I they were very contrasting uh, the Amok Time was brilliant yeah and the second one was awful in my opinion so yeah. there's a lot of that in the, yeah. in the original series yeah, yeah. so I'm 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 generally fairly kind with these, you know. I'm like, eh, it's, it's fine. I mean, it had some elements, but yeah, like that second episode was a weaker episode. Yeah, um, yeah, to say the least. But uh, yeah, so Linda, if people would like to see some of the fun things you do, you 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 make a lot of stuff, don't you? Yes. Well, I um I make a lot of hats, nerdy kind of uh, hats. Mm-hmm. So you'll see all of my stuff on twitter it's at hen and a hat one is my twitter account and i have a youtube channel where i oh i do lots of stuff but it's it's, uh, along the lines of star trek mostly um i do a lot of cosplay so where else am i that's it yeah i have an etsy page where you can see my uh various hats that i crochet fantastic class so, I'm, all o- I'm all over the place <laughs> yeah so everybody go and check out Linda's stuff hen in a hat one that's me class well come here Linda thank you so much for joining us for this very first episode of season two of where many have gone before thank you very much for having me it's been eye opening <laughs> yeah because I, I am not as familiar as other as I as I should be with the original series probably ah sure we'll um, get there the grand so it's been yeah it's been fun <laughs> um, but yeah so for uh, for now folks uh, we will chat to you later thank you so much for listening folks it's been so good to be back if you wish to support the work that I do you can do so at patreon.com forward slash John D Ruddy you can also tell all your Trek friends about this if they want a fresh eye on the originals You can follow me at John D. Ruddy on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and indeed you can follow the podcast on Twitter at ManyGoneBefore. All one word. I mean, it's Twitter. You know how Twitter works. And if sharing, be sure to use the hashtag WhereManyHaveGoneBefore. But for now, I'm going to continue to go where many have gone before. I just said that. Repetitive. That was very repetitive, John. You need to... You need to sort out your repetition here. Um, so this was a good start to a first episode. Well, that's a good end to a first episode. I'm going to stop talking now. Bye! This podcast was created, produced, and hosted by John D. Ruddy with special guest Linda Butler. It was edited by Emery Ramsey, and the theme tune was by John D. Ruddy.